So I can't dismiss the kids, right? Because they're here. I think there's a middle school class. Is there a middle school class? I think we should make them stay and listen to me. I got up at that. We're going to, by the way. I'm getting you. Enjoy these last few classes. Ha ha ha! Again, I want to thank Taylor for filling in on short notice last week. It was uh, it was perilous to not be able to get your balance. I know some people thought that I flew out to New York City to watch the basketball game. I want you to know I would never set foot in New York City unless it was to save one of my children. But uh, thank you, Taylor, for the sermon that you preached. I know you worked hard on it for the 15-minute notice that I gave her. As that was about it, I was when I realized I was too dizzy to get up and, and do anything of worth, I called her up and... She was like, it was like 20 minutes till. So she was, it's pretty awesome. All right. So everyone give Taylor applause. Okay. All right. My sermon is short. I knew that was coming. I was just waiting to see who the first one was going to lead into that one. Not because I don't have a lot to say, but, you know, it's a simple one. It's a message about how the simple things are what matters. Small things are the hinges of the universe. I've said that many times. And this is about how little things change lives forever. You have no idea how God might use you. One word of encouragement, one act of service, one gift of generosity that can begin the wheels to change. God doesn't just work in the great things. He works in the foundational thing. He works in the soil. We see the flower, but God's in the dirt. You are all, in some way or another, in a direct line of somebody's holy generosity. Somewhere along the line, I don't care if you grew up in this church or how you got here, somebody made somebody feel welcome. Somehow there was a sense of connection that brought somebody in your lineage back and brought you here. That is the fact. You are part of that participation just as I am.
Hear these words from St. Paul, writing his letter to the church in Thessalonica. And he says this in the third chapter of this letter. He said, therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we are encouraged about you because of your faith. See, the church has always gone through troubles. In fact, that's, that's its normal capacity. These few generations of living in the bubble of acceptance are, 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 are not the rule, they're the exception. The rule has always, the church has always toiled under struggle and thrived. Uh, for, for now, we really, we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy that we have in the presence of our God because of you? And that is the title of our service, because of you. That's what makes this church the church. I know people like to conveniently forget their impact on people's lives, but I'm telling you there's always a story. There's a face that you have in your mind of somebody who's touched you in a way. And it wasn't because they were brilliant. It was because they were welcoming and that they loved you. I told you the story about my journey, how it started, how I came to Christ, and I'll get into it in a second. A pastor meeting me in a hospital room that changed my life. But before that was an invitation. And that invitation was to my parents from a family that was lived two doors down, Pat and Jim Jagel, who were family friends. Um, very fun and funny couple. Jim was a, a meat cutter, butcher in, in his family's catering business. And he didn't have these three fingers. He just had these two fingers. So it was always fun to watch him drink a drink or smoke a cigarette or play cards. It was, and he always had a laugh. He's missing a couple on this hand too, but I won't, I won't show you that because it might look obscene to the people on TV. But they had invited my parents to their church, Ottawa River United Methodist Church. And, uh, you know, they didn't go and didn't go. And then they finally they went. New pastor was in town and uh, they liked the guy. And so because of that invitation, when I ended up in the hospital, I got a visit from the pastor. And this guy walks in and he's like a five foot eight Hulk. And I thought, holy crap, but I didn't think crap. I've never seen a pastor. I, th I thought he'd be weak-chinned, little roly-poly butterball. 
This was a linebacker. Talked about stuff, talked about people, talked about sin. And it changed my life. The direction, the destiny. And you could say, well, it was, it was the pastor that really did that. But no, 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 no. If it wasn't for the invitation, there would have been no pastor. Those little things are what we forget. Because those little things are who the church is and will always be. Has to be. You are here because of the little things, the smallest gestures, and you have no idea how important that is in a day when the world is filled with suspicion and anger and animosity, distrustfulness, self-doubt. People work themselves up into a tizzy and sometimes all it takes is a smile acceptance it's not your words it's what you do when I went around when I first got here to the to the little meetings so that you all could decide whether you're going to keep me or not. I'm not fooling myself. I know exactly what those were. They all grilled me. I got to hear your story. I got to hear how you got here. And a lot of it, it wasn't just, well, I was born here. It it was, well, we came and -and so-and-so smiled at me. And... They told me where to sit and pointed at the donuts. Donuts are big. Something that made them feel like that they wanted to be here. It wasn't because of the preacher, because you've had some lame preachers here. You still may. It's because of the people. In fact, some of you have stayed in spite of what was in the pulpit. (laughs) And some of you still might. When I was, you know, you go through ministry for 30 years, and it's not all that much different for you. Well, there's a lot of times that you wonder, does what I do make a difference? Do my prayers really matter, really? Do my acts of service, my acts of generosity, it seems like just a pebble in a great sand when there's so much that has need of doing. Pastors think that as well. We all know that it can feel some days thankless. We do what we're called to do, but it feels a little thankless. I had to think that Ryan sits up there banging on the skin someday and go, really? Is this what I want to get an advanced degree for? (laughs) 
but it makes a difference. It touches a life. You don't get to always see it because that is how the beach works. There are things going on that only God knows. And you will know someday. You just won't know today. Only on occasion do you get to see the dramatic spirit of God moving. And you hold on to those stories. So 30 years of ministry, you know, half the time trying to figure out what I'm doing. And I get to new song. No, 25 years of ministry. But, you know, I finally get to new song. Church under a bar. Planting a church. Something new. And uh, in, in that place were some, some angels. I had some ladies and a couple of guys that went about in new song looking for new faces. Because you don't want them to fall through the cracks. And uh, there's this one lady named Rin Seibert. Hadn't passed away all that long ago, I guess a year ago. But she was tremendous. She was professor at VU. Never met a stranger. One of the kindest, dearest souls I ever met. And she would go around and make people feel welcome. And one Sunday she comes up to me. And says, there's somebody that needs to talk to you. She just kind of came here. But she just lost her dad. And uh, we got a picture. Can you, is there a picture? One, the first one? No, other one. There we go. Her name's Lindsay. Okay. You know, we brought her to Jesus, but I couldn't save her from the Cubs. So I knew that by the time I got the message from Rin that this girl had already been prayed for and loved up and given a donut and welcomed. Um, So I went in. And one of the first things she said, I'm, I'm an atheist, and I'm mad. I'm like, I, you always love those, don't you? <laughs> Walking into that one. And I said, well, then why are you here? And she was upstairs the night before getting drunk because she lost her dad. She lost her dad to cancer, and she was mad at God. And uh, she wanted to give somebody an earful. She didn't give it to Rin. He was nice to Rin because Rin was nice to her. But she kind of unloaded on me, which is okay. But one of the things that I found interesting is I could tell, and she told me later, that her initial expression, let's say, had changed because of Rin. She was set to be all mad, and she was going to let me know what for, which she did a little bit, I told her. But what ended up happening were questions. 
why did this happen? I, I, th this is such, this is a cool place you've got down here. I'm like, oh. why did God let this happen? So we talked and we prayed and talked and we prayed. She came back the next Sunday. And as tends to happen, you know, there was some resistance to her coming back because her friends told her that they wouldn't accept her because she had tattoos. And she did. She had tattoos up and down her arms and probably places I uh, can't even want to imagine. She had her tongue pierced, all these things. And I said, well, why? Are they? Nope, they said I couldn't come because I had tattoos and I wouldn't be welcome. I said, I want inked people all over this place. And I said, she said, well, I, I didn't care. I don't care about you, but Rin took me in. And I said, that's, that's right. So after some, after some time, and, and, and she began to love New Song, and she came up to me, and she said, I want to be baptized. Uh, and see, that's one of those things that you get excited about. Hit the second button that you hit for the first time. And that was her bat baptism day. That was uh, 20 pounds ago. And uh, I'm not on Facebook, but I know people who are. And uh, this is what she posted on Facebook that day. When people say you can't be a Christian if you have tattoos, yet here I am with my pastor on my baptism day with my tattoos, I really don't understand people. Yeah. Again, this isn't about me. None of this would have happened Nothing that good happened at New Song happened without the angels that went around to saw the unfamiliar faces that made them feel welcome. Baptized Lindsay, her, her husband was in the service and she had to end up going out west. So she went out west, decided to go to a Christian school out there. And then they moved to South Carolina because I guess dry heat isn't any good. She wanted wet heat. And she became a pastor. And not only did she become a pastor, but she is now part of planting a church for people with tattoos. Because God's house is a home for sinners who are looking for redemption. And what came as anger left in wonder. And that's how it works all up in here. We don't always get it right. We're not always perfect because we are sinners. But because of you, there are people that get to hang around long enough to let God work on them. And in some way or the other, 
they feel welcome enough to listen to God's word, to open up God's word, to talk to God, and repent. And their lives change. Man, that's what this place is about. It's what it's been about for generations. You're the ones that start the wheels spinning. This church is filled with angels that make others feel that this is a place they can come and bear their soul and have the Spirit cleanse them. This will always be so, no matter who the pastors are, because pastors come and pastors go. There'll be a time when I won't be here, but you will be. The DNA of Grace Church, as I have understood it, has been welcoming. Now, some can say, well, that wasn't like that back in the day. It was the country club church. and uh, Yeah, we don't get it right all the time. But since I've been here, since I understand you, since I've been a part of this, you've done pretty darn good. Because I've yet to hear about the transformational power. Now, I've, I've heard that there's some decent preachers out there. But I've never heard a story, transformation, about somebody coming to a church and that first Sunday they heard a sermon that changed their life. There may be out there. I'm not saying it's not out there. I'm just saying I've not heard it. What I have heard is what was really transformational, what really got the clock ticking, what really sent the rocket off was a smile or a donut or sit by me, grabbing somebody by the arm, showing the kids where Sunday school is. Not high theology. Love and welcoming because of you. You never know how it changes lives. And it does so all the time. Generation to generation. I've told you this before. It's, we're, we're only one generation away from extinction. That's how it works. However, we always think of it in terms of, of our, our children, which I, I get. But it's, we're looking to sustain ourselves based on how we love and nurture our children. That's going to be a tough one. There needs to be people that come in, sinners looking for the hospital, the lost looking for the lights. <laughs> That still has to happen because our kids move away. Oh, my gosh. Chloe just texted me yesterday and said, what if I graduate early? Is that okay? My first response was no, but I held my tongue said, we'll talk about it. What she wants to do is work so that she can leave. 
She doesn't know she's going to Ivy Tech. And, uh, but that's what happens. Lives change, can you believe? It has to be the ongoing commitment to be welcoming and loving that's going to bring people in. Not just programs. That's the cart before the horse. Not great music, though we do have good music. It's you, you wretched sinners that make the difference. Something has happened in you that you want to share. And I don't know what that is. And you can say, we can poo-poo it all you want. You're the cause of the cause. You are the change agent that God uses. Every single one of you. You're the ambassadors. Everyone, well, I don't want to, I'm an ambassador for Christ. Oh, that's so high-toned. Well, you know what? You're the Walmart greeter for Christ. There's a reason why they have those folks there welcoming you in. It's just a little... Because you walk in and say, holy crap, a box store. And then you get some little old gentleman or lady saying, hey, nice to have you here. And you're like, but it does something. It's a little things. It does something. Thank you. I was getting tired of looking at me. I was tough. Grace Church. What makes Grace Church Grace Church? It's not a building. It's not a denomination. It's not a pastor. Never has been. It's you. And all we can do is this generation's work to keep her going, to pass her along. I can't sit here and tell you that we're going we're gonna to make dramatic changes. The change in me wasn't dramatic when I came to Christ. It was like, huh, I kind of, you know, you know the joke about somebody taking your hand and well, why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? That's Satan. And for a lot of my life, I let him do that and think it was me. And once I figured I had the power to stop doing that, then the healing began. And the long journey began that brought me to you, you lucky people. But it's not always a dramatic thing. It's simple things. And all along the way, When there was doubt, God gave confirmation. Most of the time, he gave confirmation through people. There were a couple of times it was mystical. I've talked about some of those. But most of the time, it was an affirmation from somebody. 
right along the lines. And there are going to be lives that uh, we're going to help begin that transformation. And there are some lives that are going to come in and it's going to be, I'm, I get it. I do know that as long as I'm here, there ain't no one that gets turned away from this door. It's always, always how it's going to be. Ain't no sinner that ain't welcome. This is where we learn how to repent. If we don't know where to, we're at kind of a landfill. You didn't know that. Place where people come and dump their garbage at the foot of the cross. And no sinner not welcome here to do that. Repentance and transformation is the lifeblood of who we are. It's in your DNA. And we just pass it on like we do anything else. You have no idea. You really don't. How a simple word of encouragement, an act of service, or a gift of generosity changes lives. And then changes the world. God always works through the simple. The ordinary. The mundane. To make beautiful, complicated, extraordinary, loving saints of God who do not realize that they're entertaining angels right in front of them. That's who you are. Thank you for being who you are. Let us pray. Lord, within our hearts and our minds now, we we picture the angels that you have sent us that have made a difference, that have made us feel welcome, connected, accepted, blessed. Thank you for anointing them. Thank you for your anointing on their lives that made such a difference. They've opened us all up to the greatest opportunities of the gospel. Let us take that to heart, O oh Father, and... and and learn how to bring that out of ourselves so that others who we may not ever know this side of heaven can be touched by that same spirit for there's no greater affirmation or blessing than passing on to the next generation. We thank you for that opportunity, the one that we have here today. Hear us now, Lord, as we pray as your son taught us when he taught us to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us.
Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.